When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Bridget and Scott, the off-season of misery for the Boston Bruins and their fans continues. Another one bites the dust. David Krejci has retired from the National Hockey League and is no longer a Boston Bruin officially. We knew this was coming, but it's just the off-season starts in April with a very, very, very disappointing playoff exit. And then Bergeron retires a few months later. And then a few weeks later, David Krejci retires. And what's the pulse of, of the two of you? What's the pulse of the Bruins fan base this summer? You know, it's weird because it's been such a slow burn that it feels like, you know, we've already had all these conversations about like, okay, what do they do if Bergeron and Krejci are gone? And it's like, well, there's so much time, you know, I think we've all talked about that, you know, for months and, Honestly, even last offseason when we didn't yet know their decisions. Um, so, you know, it's not... I feel the same way like I did when Bergeron tired, where it's like, there's not a surprise here. It's not like, you know, Krejci... The Bruins released Krejci's statement Monday morning. And I don't think anyone was like, oh my God, I can't believe Krejci retired. Like, everyone kind of knew it was coming. But, you know, yeah, it's still... You know, it's still pretty it's a bummer right because like it is the end of an era and you know seeing them both now actually officially retire really kind of hammers at home where it's like especially with Bergeron until we got that announcement there was at least a chance he was coming back you know that's one where I think all of us like legitimately didn't know for sure you know maybe you leaned one way one week another way another time or whatever Krejci I think we all you know, expected to, to be gone. So less surprise, less sort of, you know, I guess it doesn't quite hit as hard because we weren't ever really planning for the possibility that he might be back. Whereas with Bergeron, you know, I think the week before we had done an episode of here's how they look with him. Here's how they look without him. Like it was, you know, it was still very much on the table. So yeah, you know, you, you do some, some reflection on on their obviously incredible careers and this whole era. And then, you know, yeah, you kind of, you can't help but now look forward and, and look at, you know, okay, what's, what's there, what's next, you know, both at sort of like the micro at, at the center position, what's next with those two gone, but then even bigger picture of like, what is this next year look like? What does this next era look like? Who are, you know, who steps up and takes over as leaders and, and all that stuff. And I also feel like it wasn't shocking because Krejci has done this before. Uh, this isn't the first offseason where we got news that Krejci wasn't going to be playing for the Bruins. Um, I think it was more surprising when we found out last offseason he was coming back. Um, and I feel like the very first time around that Krejci decided he didn't want to play in the NHL and, and went back to play in the Czech Republic, was when I felt I felt really old because uh, when I first 
really was getting into the Bruins, uh, Krejci was my first favorite player. So when he stepped away from the NHL the first time, I was like, what happened? Like, I, I feel so old. And now this summer, whether you're, you know, me and Brian's age or you're older, you're, you're feeling your age a little bit. You can say it. You can say it, Bridget. I'm not saying our age. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not. Getting Um, older like Scott. When you get older like Scott. (laughs) Okay, yeah. When you're Scott's age and you remember, you know, way back. But uh, (laughs) no, it it makes you feel old. And I think that, like, it makes you reflect on, like, what the hell happened to the last I'd say, you know, 15 years since, like, or even before that, since when Krejci and Bergeron started, it doesn't feel that long ago. But um, now we're sitting around going, okay, well, that is the end of an era for sure. And like you said, Scott, um, what's to come in the new era? Even Krejci did touch on it a little bit. He was asked, Bergeron wasn't really asked about the next group of leadership, but Krejci was. And, I mean, he brought up Charlie McAvoy a lot. He brought up David Pasternak a lot. Uh Charlie Coyle, he mentioned as a leader. Uh, so I think that they have they they have guys that have been able to learn around guys like Bergeron and Krejci and Chara for a long time. And even, you know, some of the younger goalies like Swayman played a year with Tuca. Um, there, there's been a at least that transition period where some of the younger guys kind of get what the whole Bruins culture is about and uh, seems to they seem to be they have the right characters I think you know they're not I don't think they're lacking that next level the next generation of leadership I think they already have it so that's something that that Krejci was asked about during his media availability the two of you are on the zoom call there was a quote that I that that stuck out to me that I saw um, Scott was there a quote in particular uh, from the media availability that stood out to you and just some general updates, some laundry keeping from, from that uh, availability that maybe listeners uh, would like to hear from as well. Yeah. I don't know if, if there was like one specific quote that stuck out. I, I think overall, you know, I came away feeling the same way I did when we talked to Bergeron, which is like, he's content with his decision and clearly knew it was time. He, on multiple occasions, cited his health. Uh, he mentioned that, you know, this past season was hard on, on him and his family because his his family came up a few times throughout the year, but mostly spent the year down at their home in South Carolina. So, you know, he wasn't with them a lot. Um, and Krejci, by the way, was in South Carolina now. Uh, that's where he usually goes every summer anyways and is, you know, where he did his Zoom with us from. Um, but yeah, he, he said that he, he kind of knew when he started getting injuries late in the season and, you know, we know he missed time in the playoffs, but let's not forget. He also missed quite a bit of time down the stretch. Uh, I think it was about 12 games over the last, you know, month or so of the season that he missed. Um, he yeah, said he kind of knew time, we kind of chalked that up to rest, right? But... We thought they were just playing it super, super safe. And it turns mm-hmm. out he was actually hurt and it lingered into the playoffs and forced him to miss games there as well. Um, So he said he kind of had a good idea once he started, once the injuries kind of got to him that it was time. And he he even said, you know, he knows his body can't handle 82 games anymore. 
he didn't totally close the door on potentially playing for Czechia in the world championships in the spring uh, because they're in Prague and that's something that would mean a lot to him. But he said, you know, he probably won't make any decision along those lines until Christmas time. And then he would have to, you know, play, play a little bit somewhere in Europe in the second half of the season and then get ready for that. So, um, yeah, so that's kind of what stood out to me is just that he clearly knew his time. He, you know, almost felt like there really wasn't another option. Like health wise, he just, you know, he, he knew his body was telling him that, that that's it. You know, he didn't quite hold up through an entire game this season. And he doesn't think he would have been able to hold up next year as either. Yeah. I think what, I think we got some answers to some of the questions. Um, once again, he was actually more straightforward and clear about, how his health factored into him making this decision. And he said that it, it kind of just makes me think how catastrophic it was that last few weeks of the regular season um, that led to Bergeron and Krejci getting injuries and kind of that setting into their mind. Okay. I don't think my body can handle this anymore because in maybe in an alternative universe, they don't get hurt. And first of all, you're better off in the first round playoffs probably go differently, but maybe they're also thinking, all right, I'm still good to go for another season. So you think back on those final weeks of the regular season and you, you kind of know now that those were some really deciding uh, days of these two guys deciding to retire. So one thing that Krejci mentioned that uh, Bergeron said he wouldn't have needed surgery to come back. Krejci said he would have. So we were not 100% sure what kind of surgery it would be, but he said he knows that basically, and I think because of needing the surgery is why he kept saying like his body wouldn't have been ready, ready for a full NHL season because I'm guessing it would have involved recovery time of missing some months in the season, having to rehab, get back into things, and him just not thinking his body could handle it or that or at least not at the level that he would be able to help his team out as much as he would want to. So um, he said he had known from that injury that he was probably going to retire, but he didn't want to say, cause he didn't want to make an emotional decision, which is kind of something Bergeron said as well. Uh, a quote that stood out to me was Krejci talking about Mark Savard and Patrice Bergeron and how impactful they were on Krejci in the beginning of in the beginning of his career in particular. And I was happy to hear him mention Savard because I just feel like Mark Savard's presence was a big, he, he was, I feel like he was a heavy influence on the Bruins turning into Stanley cup champions in 2011. Although he wasn't on the ice much at all that entire season. But I mean, he was, he was that, that era of Bruins hockey quite literally, like even the year they won the cup, had he been healthy, he would have been their number one center. Like he was their number one center. People forget. And it's, and it's understandable because, like, when you win a cup, sometimes you just you fall in love with the players that did it, and rightfully so. But the Bruins won that cup without their number one center going into that season, and that was Mark Savard. And and while they did most of the year without him because of the lingering concussion issues from the pr year prior, he was a very integral part of that of that Bruins era from 07, honestly 06, 06 to health permitting 2011. But I just feel like Mark Savard's name isn't mentioned as often as it should be and doesn't get the credit he deserves in that time because 
in 07-08, Bergeron went down the whole year. And Krejci hadn't yet really debuted. He had a couple games under his belt, maybe. But Mark Savard, and Mark Savard alone, was your center depth that year. And he he willed them to, to a postseason with one center. Could you tell me who the Bruins' second center was before David Krejci emerged when Bergeron was hurt? It was probably – Krejci probably got a, a shot pretty quickly, but it was just – my point is he wasn't established and Mark Savard was a big presence. I'm, so I was, I was happy to hear Krejci mention Savard and it makes me think about Pavel Zaka and Charlie Coyle and how they have had a chance to look at Bergeron and Krejci as well, because Krejci talked about how Savard and Bergeron didn't hold hands. They led by example, but made you sink or swim on your own ultimately at the end of the day. And so Charlie Coyle and Pavel Zaka, I'm sure have, have learned under that same guidance. I guess the question is, and this isn't to divert from the Krejci conversation, but um, like does Zaka and does Coyle, do they have the skill set to to be what the Bruins need them to be? Because it's still – I understand the Bruins have been competing for cups for a long time, and that comes at the cost of trade deadline um, acquisitions and giving away draft collateral, and, and it, there's a cost to staying – near the top and because of that the Bruins haven't had high draft picks and there's a reason why the center ice position hasn't been easy to to restock but the Bruins still essentially waited for Bergeron and Krejci to retire before they were like okay now what do we do <laughs> so that and I, I just find that and I know like you're waiting on their decisions but it's just it's it's a little I can't help but feel it's irresponsible and you can sit there and say you owe the the management owes it to the players to give them the time they need fine but what you're left with now is you're going into a season where you're still trying to compete and and center ice is a glaring weakness for this team. There's not a ton of weakness outside of center ice, but center ice is the weakest position. So has the fabric that Bergeron, Krejci, and Savard before them, like is that going to be in installed in Coyle and Zaka, or is are they just a little in over their heads as far as what they're being asked to do going into the next year, at least as it stands today? Yeah, it, it, it's a good point. And, you know, I would add Trent Frederick. I know he didn't play a ton of, ton of center, but he's been around long enough to pick up a lot from those guys. And, you you know, we know he's picked up from Charlie Coyle because they've been on the same line. But, like, you you hope he's picked up from those guys as well. Um, yeah, you're right. Like, it's it's almost two different things because it's like you can you can learn the work ethic and the culture and how to handle yourself as a – professional day in day out and you know at the very least i certainly think charlie coyle has that i think we we see that all the time from him but then having the skill set and like actually being able to go out and play that role on the ice is is something else like it you know you're right it, it's possible that charlie coyle you know just might not be good enough to produce the way you need a top two center to produce it's possible that pavel zaka might not be ready after you know uh you know, certainly like a breakout season, but still just one year in Boston. So, um, you know, they're, they're going to find out they don't have any other options. So uh, we'll see. But yeah, you know, they. I mean, I do think they took at least like, I do think they took a couple swings at like trying to build something towards the future when it comes to the, the center position and maybe just, you know, missed or didn't quite work out. Like, I think when they signed Coyle to that extension and you look at the money he got, I think part of that was in their minds, there was a projection that, you know, there was still more than, than he had shown. There's still more 
offense and maybe he could be a number two center down the road and now he's finally going to get a chance but you know so so far i'd say what we've seen from charlie coyle is a really good number three center but someone that you definitely have question marks as to whether they're just gonna he's just gonna produce enough offense to be a top two center um you know they used the first round pick on johnny beecher he just never really developed offensively and you know he might still have an nhl future obviously but it looks like it's more likely going to be in a third or fourth line. So yeah, they've taken more swings recently, whether it's the Zaka trade or other draft picks like Quatra, Harrison, Spicer, Lock Mellis, you know, all these centers they've drafted in recent years, signing Georgie Merkulov out of Ohio State. But those guys are all, you know, at least a year, two, three years away. We don't really know. Like they're developing is still happening. So um yeah, obviously that they didn't get the the timing right. Like it, it would be great if you had your next two number two centers ready to go, and you know they step right in when Bergeron and Krejci retire. But it doesn't always work that smoothly. You know you can't you can't always have the the Aaron Rodgers. I mean uh, Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers succession plan. Like it doesn't always go that smoothly in sports. <laughs> Uh, you just made me think it, nothing went smoother than the Tom Brady Cam Newton transition. I'll tell you that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was that was great for the picture. That was such a, that such an epic transition. That one. Um, sorry, you made me lose my train of thought. <laughs> Hope, hopefully, none of these guys are, are Cam Newton. Hopefully, they're at least a little better than that. Yeah, yeah, no. Uh, but I mean, this is going to be the season where there's going to be some major growing pains uh, because you're you're needing to for people to step up in such a big way in order for the season to, I don't even want to say go like last year. It's not going to go like last year, but to go in an acceptable direction where you can work with it, you can make the playoffs and you actually look a season that you can look back on next year and go, okay, well, we did see the growth that we wanted from some of these guys. Uh, Charlie Quill, I think, is a really good leader. We, ha- we haven't even talked about Brad Marchand, but as one of the, the leaders we have on past episodes, but um, it kind of feels like it's his turn to take over some of the responsibility of the leading by example. And yeah, um, and it's worth noting that that Krejci did mention Marchand right yes, off the bat. Yes, he did. But, we just yeah. haven't mentioned that him right. yet on this episode. We have previously, I mean, more, more likely than not, that's going to be who wears the next C for the Bruins. So um, if you're talking about the transition, you still have some guys there that like Marshawn, who's been there for a long time.